0: I'm the man behind your favorite online presences. The most powerful authorities in this space are working with us to create real influence. We have been their content strategists to make sure that they are producing content that their audience truly cares about. For whatever offer they want to promote, we are the names behind it. And I'm gonna be breaking down every strategy, every system, and every process that we've used to make this happen and teach it to you all today.
1: Welcome back to season three of Chew On This. Today, our guest is actually someone you have never heard of or met. And what I mean by that is somebody who's built their entire profile on an anonymous setting, on a profile that has no name, no identity, so that you can imagine who it is. Wiz of Ecom, many of you follow them on Twitter. Many of you seen the incredible content he creates. He's blessed his way here and actually released his identity with us here at Chew on This. So first of all, absolute honor to have you here. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself because I think a lot of people want to know.
0: For sure. So first things first, the blessing is being able to sit here, breaking my anonymous status on the first podcast that I know would have the greatest impact and something that I watch myself personally is doing this. I'm really, I'm really grateful. guys. appreciate that. Thank you. My story isn't something that I've shared too much about on socials, but it is something that I've I've documented throughout the years. So I've been in the game since I was about 14. I know a lot of people laugh at, at younger ages when it comes to business, but this is where I was introduced to forums. Uh, Forums like Black Hat World, forums like Hack Forums, where I was able to learn different types of business methods. And the reason I came into this space was early on, my father got scammed by someone we knew. And at 11 years old, I had to become very conscious of money. You had to become conscious about getting your parents out of a state where they were stuck in for years where pain was happening. So I figured out a way with my cousin um, on online forums where we learned how to start affiliate marketing. So we went into YouTube. YouTube was an easy algorithm back in the day. I'm talking about you can unlist a video, bought it to 301 views, and you would be ranked for a specific keyword. So every keyword that we wanted for any affiliate offer that we had, we were top ranked. But we were working against algorithms. And immediately after a few, four, like three, four months, methods got shut down and we had to innovate. So a couple of years later, we started finding other ways to make money. And we found Instagram software's automations. We had this one software called Mass Planner, an invite-only platform where you can run thousands of accounts using proxies. And you were able to run them using reposts of other people's content, reposts with credit, of course, reposts of like uh, follow-on-follows, all these fun stuff. And we were able to grow to a few million followers. Wow. So we're 16 years old. We've mastered social media platforms. And we're thinking to ourselves, how can we put some money into our pocket? So we started getting approached by companies. Universal Music, for example. And they would pay us to um, run Instagram accounts. Not one Instagram account. Our pitch was this. We didn't know what offers were. None of this at the time. (laughs) Pitch was, we'll build you 10 Instagram accounts in your niche. Each of those accounts will grow 3000 targeted followers a month, instead of having one account and going to agencies that grow one account to 3k followers a month, we'll have 30k followers growing in your niche. And then we would help them create these individual funnels, capture some emails. Things were working well. I went to university, I hated my life over there, dropped out for first year, basic, basic story. <laughs> and I, I had this opportunity with one of my clients to fly to Pakistan. And why Pakistan? He had an office, he was one of my clients where he owned a real estate platform, and he's like, come work with me, partner with me, and let's build this office into something exceptional. So we started with SaaS, and he realized, hey, SaaS is expensive. We had a team of developers, um, things weren't um, always clicking when it comes to the money side, startup, you know, the, the normal stories. And my, my partner and I were like, hey, let's go into e So my car- partner was in e-com back in 1998, OG days eBay. He mm. would go to Haiti, buy paintings because he lived in in uh, Latin America, buy paintings, post them on eBay, handmade hand-drawn Haitian paintings, and he would sell them for ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, eighteen, nineteen years old. Wow. so he's like, "How difficult could ecom be mm. me i'm I'm a kid, I'm in my teens. I'm like, you know what I trust what he's saying. let's go into this first store fills, second store fills fifth store eighth store, tenth store. We didn't get a first successful store until number 12 this is 2018 right 12, 12 13 and the first stores that started working anime niche then we had phone case niche and these are the days where you had seasonal products of just like i could get an ip68 waterproof phone case right and this is before a mouse case and all of these guys mm-hmm. came in heavily so we're we would go to the himalaya mountains in pakistan and we would take the phone cases and we would drop them from mountains, right? <laughs> we, would, we would put mustard on them and all these yeah. weird things, contraptions. And then we would drop them on rooftops where the mountains are in the background, trying to do anything that we can do for viral content. And we had our own Instagram accounts automated. And we would use these Instagram accounts to talk about um, like, like just any type of viral vid- videos where you have crazy thumbnails. And the Instagram accounts had um, our phone cases going on in the background. We saw which angle worked. And then we ran ads to those angles. So no more testing of, mm-hmm. of what products or That was our little system that we had. So things started working well. E-com started working. And we started expanding our team. So 15 people, 25, 30 hired media buyers. And we started hiring consultants and coaches, paying those people to teach our internal team. My, my partner always believed in having your own team. It's, it's not really hiring out freelancers and crunch contractors he wants the people's time to believe in that one vision and it instilled in my head and this is something that i made a mistake with later on in my journey we can talk about that but I basically uh, would start building all of these DTC brands in the space. We, we had media buyers. We started learning email. This is the one you can go ahead and pitch. will add 30% extra revenue to your brand, right? Yeah. Back in the days, SMS marketing started coming out, messenger mm. marketing with many chat. Mm. So we started, we, we started going to all these types of events. New York, we used to go to ReCharge X events in 2019. And we started saying, hey, why not pitch these out as our own uh, services as well, too? So we started going to recharge events and closing people, people who had subscription-based businesses, and we would offer them, okay, let's try paid ads. We did that for one client, 2,500 payment. Back in 2019, we refunded because we couldn't get the results. Then we figured out what actual systems are for service-based delivery, and we started adding more and more deliveries, deliverables into our offer, and things were working. We were able to charge more for for the clients. We had bigger names come in, people doing a meal on a monthly basis, and we started really understanding the e-comm engine. So at this point, my business partner was like, "Let's expand this. We know Shopify. We know uh, how to engineer applications. Let's do Shopify apps." Mm-hmm. So we started Shopify apps, upsell apps, Facebook apps, like t- p- pixel tracking apps. Uh, partner with people who had their own apps, and we were helping them develop those as well too. And we had this entire ecosystem that we created. But remember, I came in as a kid. I came in in my teens. He already had the companies. So I was a minority partner holder in all the businesses. I didn't take anything for myself. I was taking a thousand Canadian a month. That's seven hundred US, right? Thousand Canadian a month. I didn't really have a lot to to do besides get the experience there. So I lived in this eight by eight room in my office in Pakistan, where I would walk out of my room. You would see it. We we boarded it off. My mattress on the, on the ground. I could show you guys pictures as well to <laughs> to add into this, but it was an eight-by-eight room and I would walk outside and I would have my team there all around the clock, almost seven days a week because we had the night shift who would work customer support for North America. We had the night shift who would do sales for the SaaS products and then we had the day shift. So I would walk out in my pajamas, towel on, slippers, walking to this bathroom right across the the, the office. The the shower wasn't even a real shower. It was spitting on you, right? Just to get a little (laughs) bit of water. And that was my life for years until we built, we scaled, got our first place in 2019 and and in december of 2019 i realized i was very unhappy with what i was doing right this wasn't something that i realized was for me because i'm putting all this effort in i wasn't getting out as much out so i i flew to mexico to a small island called yalapa off the coast of puerto vallarta and i stayed there for a few weeks And the only way to travel there is ATVs or donkeys. Completely, completely out of the world. Um, It's a break. And they had one beautiful crescent beach. So I went there and I took a a, a mental trip. And I came back and I realized I don't want to be on this partnership anymore. So I left the partnership. That was its own story. Partner and I had our own difficulties, but we, we reconciled everything as well, too. And I started my own businesses, which was off of my own personal brand now. But I didn't want my face out there. I was always a little bit uncomfortable with having me being the face of this all. I knew the importance of having a face for the brands, right? You would see brands like booty brands have like Danita Young, who was the face of the brand and having education for it. You would see some of these keto brands or these, um, these, um, Japanese subscription box brands, all of them had a face specifically. Mm -hmm. So we were enticed by building a community for the specific brands. So I'm like, okay, why don't I try building where I can teach, provide some value to people and start my own agency. So I went into the easiest offer back in the day, three years, three and a half years ago, email marketing. Email marketing agency uh, started my own forum because I started with forums it's called the Utopia. I was able to scale that to six thousand five hundred total members, um, uh, which multi-subscribers. Um, we started our own marketing agencies in the personal brand niche, built SaaSes in the AI space, and the rest is history.
1: Wow! <laughs> Thank God we don't have to give intros. <laughs> <laughs> that is phenomenal. I I, I have so much to like unpack there, but I I. I think it'd be it'd be really cool to maybe start at like where you what what the last 12 months have looked like for you Mm -hmm. Um, and then and and touch a little bit about like who you're working with today Mm -hmm. and and what type of impact you're driving for a lot of what you're working on.
0: So you've seen the intro of this podcast where we're talking about the man behind the most powerful personal brands. It didn't start off this way. My my main offer wasn't necessarily personal branding. My main expertise and specialty wasn't personal branding. It was more of uh, my my own DTC related agencies. So I came in in twenty twenty two. I I came to Carl Weish and Dylan Ander, massive names in this space. But at the time, they they had less than a thousand followers. Dylan had six hundred. Carl had a hundred. Both came to me in March of twenty twenty two. Asking me, hey Wiz, I like how you built your personal brand. Can you help us out? So they, I created a makeshift offer. so a one-time payment. 2000 bucks. Vegas, and, and I, they started copying my frameworks, implementing everything that I was just um, teaching them. I didn't have right systems. I didn't feel right making this into a real offer at the time. And they, they started building their online presences. And Carl closed a nine-figure brand. Carl got invited to Adworld. Carl started becoming this, this mogul in the space. Simultaneously, Dylan, his direct competitor, was starting the same week with me, was closing, uh, uh, I think it was $40,000 or $60,000 worth of deals in his first eight days, right? And these people are coming into building their online presences with their faces out there, showing authority of technical content in their stories and, and flexing results, quote unquote, and they too became the biggest names in the space. So I'm like, let me try duplicating this. I'm a systems guy, I'm a processes guy. When I think of a system, I think of adding floors on top of each other. And to add floors, you need to have four pillars. Those four pillars are the systems that you're creating. If the the systems are wobbly, you will fall down and the company will fall. If you can add enough floors and layers, you'll never drop down a specific revenue point and you'll never drop down a specific point of results that you can deliver. To create those systems, you have to manage with the right people. So I hired people. I started bringing people in from my, my other agency into this offer. Um, we scaled at that point, we had about, um, well, about a, over a dozen employees of September of 2022. And we started working with some bigger names in the space. We brought on Jordan Ross. I don't know if you guys heard of this gentleman. He works with the biggest agency owners in the world, eight and nine figure agency owners as their uh, um, automations and systems guy. And I was just duplicating this formula for people without them hindering their own inner voice right inner voice is as a, is a is something you got to practice and you got to train and i learned this from some guy named brother lobo if you're not training your inner voice consistently and you have these nuanced phrases that you understand in your mind that other people when they read it they're like aha that makes sense you know you see someone's tweet or someone's post or someone's podcast when people are watching this like i i was thinking this i didn't know how to put this into words mm-hmm. that's a that's an inner voice so how do you make sure you're providing value while being different while being true to yourself that's the infusion that was Mm. this trinity that was i was obsessed with and that was i was getting um more and more like deeper into so i started studying propaganda i started studying what makes people tick how can you rally up a mass group of people i started studying hypnosis i looked into richard bandler and john grinder the founders and the fathers of hypnosis and they're talking about concepts of spreading a message to people around a specific narrative and then propaganda, the founder and the father of propaganda, Edward Bernays, talks about conviction um, or repetition leads to conviction. If I can repeat something in a summarized message enough, and that narrative is, is targeting a specific common enemy in the space. And this is something I learned from my friend Atlas Dentes Leo as well too. is If you can combine those together while providing your value, you're going to be able to create people who believe in what you believe. Anyone you want to tap into, you can you could reach out to Mm. a prime example being what we're doing today. I'm an anonymous account. But when I walked into the podcast or when I walked into the the office, you guys were like, it's great to finally put a face to the brand. You didn't even know to this day who I was. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was possible because of the, the messages of pure conviction that I was able to produce. So that's 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 that.
1: You know what, I think is is super interesting is like we all always talk about like network and audience. Mm-hmm. Okay, like what's my network like? And then audience is who do you speak to, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like our life kind of revolves around that, right? Your network is like friends, family, colleagues, this, that, people who are in your literal rol- Rolodex. And the audience is where you're spending all your time, okay? Yeah. So your Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Link, all everywhere, right? That's, that's your audience, right? And so, What's really interesting, though, is like just the fact that like you're actually talking about the strength of relationship in both. Yeah. Right. Like we we, we kind of chalk up and say, yeah, my network is growing or I'm networking. Yeah. Or like, yeah, my audience is growing because I have more followers yeah. or this or that. But like, I think what's really cool is like how I think um, obsessed you are with the strength of each of those relationships. For sure. You know, you have to build that. And, and I think that's so crucial
0: yeah because networking is a buzzword right and something i like to to do is i i farm specific niches right and this is when you're when you're in a specific space and you've you got great results or you've, you've done something great in your space specifically, you're going to be able to find six, seven other people in the space that you kind of have affinity with that you mm-hmm. can talk to. Now, one of those people in the space can have a connect with someone who's in a completely different industry, still some partial affinity. And then now there's some sort of benefit with that individual as well mm-hmm. too. But it's, 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 con- it's a constant value exchange, yes. right? And that's the, the benefit of the online presence is you're going to be able to any person that you can even fathom, you're going to be able, to, you're, you're one connection away.
2: Yeah. Beautiful. I think I think that's kind of where our desire to build our personal brands had come from, right? Like, I was, I think I might have been the first one to just be on Twitter, and, mm-hmm. I, and I was looking up very specific questions like around media buying, mm-hmm. right? So, at the time, this was like post iOS update, so account structures or <clears throat> creatives or like offers or like exclusions, right? So I'd look up literally the words Facebook ad account structure yeah. and I just found this like this pit of just media buyers talking about all this and I was like, shit, there's a whole world in here. And so once you start following a bunch of different people, the whole I guess f- algorithm starts putting out the the right content that you want to see. And I was like, I want to get involved in this conversation because I want to. I want to be a part of it. I want to ask questions. I want to provide mm-hmm. value. And yes. so there was that one thread I put out. It was like, here's what we're doing. Like after the iOS update, um, that helped us. Uh, and if it helps, it helps. Great. That went viral. And like it hit that audience. And like from that moment on, you started connecting with all these different people from like different media buyers or agencies or brand owners. And it's like what do I do with this now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think that's like, I think the biggest question that I have, I guess I have for you is like, how do you, I guess like when you have that viral moment, you start to grow, right? It's like, there's so many opportunities
0: that open itself up. How do you decide like what to go after? So it's it's totally based off of the objective of your online presence, right? If the objective of your online presence is to build Obvi, right? It is to network with other people in the space. You look at it kind of like insider information. Hmm. If you have 10 other of the top media buyers in the world, we have people like zachariel duncan right um who's a friend of mine who i've known before i built my presence right um he comes in and he likes that thread of yours and he reaches out to you saying hey i actually tried this exact method but this one specifically worked for me and eight others come in as well too now and all of these specific media buyers have 10 clients each you got tapped into 100 people's ad accounts hmm. right and now you have the opportunity to based off of all those find whatever congruent um main points of value are that all of them have and you apply that to your brand you're you're not the 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 steps it takes you to test something else and and choosing a test simplifies from a hundred possibilities to three yeah right because of the people in the space now but it's totally dependent on your objective for building DTC brands that's that's the move chew on this
1: is sponsored by one crucial strategy that we just can't ignore as DTC brands and that's email and SMS we'll be sending a ton And guess who's our go-to? We use SendLane. It's not just another tool, it's a revolution. With real-time segmentation, you're reaching users with precision when you hit send on that email or SMS. Their reporting UI, you may ask? It's a breath of fresh air. Simple, straightforward, and gets right to the point. No more sitting through confusing data and random charts you have no idea about what it's saying. And here's the crown jewel, their customer support. Round the clock, weekends, holidays, 24-7, 24/7, 365, always open like 7-Eleven. No exceptions. They've got your back always. If you want to elevate your email and SMS game, and you're tired of what everyone in the industry is used to using, check out SendLane and see why SendLane is the name that's buzzing
2: in everyone's ears. Dive in, and you'll thank us later.
1: Now, let's get back to the episode.
2: I think I think I always have this like weird conversation in my head where it's like you've seen brand owners like build a personal brand, but like for the business, right, that they're in, right? So like, for example, Rise, right, Nick Stella, um, his personal branding is how he built the business. It's all about um, education around the product and this and that. And then us as brand owners, we're not necessarily talking about the product, but we're talking about how we've built the business. Mm. And like, I've always like wondered, like, should we have gone down the route of being um, a voice for education around collagen or does do we become a voice uh for education around business so that's like i guess that those are the opportunities that you have to kind of you know weigh the options there.
0: for sure right so the the personal brand side immediately doesn't have a tangible roi on your sales of exact revenue directly coming in there's an extra layer over here of of networking knowledge and then you apply which actually brings in the revenue for the business right so if you were to do um, a collagen brand on twitter what would you cap out at realistically? 20 30,000 followers. Right, Not left. all of those guys are going to continuously buy. How many people are actually on college in Twitter versus money Twitter, right? right? Money Twitter where all the founders and CEOs are consistently providing value to each other, right? So like, I feel like it's very tough for founders and CEOs to have their own knowledge bases and hubs, right? Mm-hmm. And and kind of like libraries, Twitter becomes a library to discuss opportunities of what's working, right? right. BFCM right now, we're going to be able to reflect on, on the greatest DTC brands in the space what worked and what didn't work for them and I can study that mm. I c- I'm, I'm able to see for for example the owner of convert kit or the owner of Retention. dot com. People like these guys are talking about strategies that's working in their business. What's not working, and then you guys are going to be able to come in and read those knowledge pieces. Versus what would you get from Twitter if you built or a per, for, or or a social media account for my obvi on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Maybe three four hundred new customers on a monthly basis, right. right? Versus the ROI you would get from all of these guys, right? right. So I think you made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I think um, just you know. The other piece to this is like when we're when we're creating content right now um, and and building our personal brand. um, I think the the one piece that you said is like choosing what the initial objective was or what the end objective is. Um, I actually think that's way easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Um, I think obviously someone like you let's say you have much more clear mind of like this is where I want to be mm-hmm. because you may have experienced XYZ versus like I joined Twitter because Ash was growing like crazy and he's like hey hop on here yeah. right and like there was no objective besides vanity metrics of damn I kind of want to get the dopamine hit a follow up yeah. and, and I think the tough part is is when you kind of are you, you kind of get over the dopamine hit, and you're like, oh, wait, the new dopamine is going to be if I make money off of this mm-hmm. now. Right? And I'm sure soon, there'll be, after making money, there'll be something else where it's like, maybe I'll get to meet a celebrity. Yeah. Right? Or maybe I'll get to fly to the moon. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> like you know, just actor, like just, <laughs> whatever it is, I, I just feel like though, I, I feel like there is objectives, but the objectives are also like blossoming based on like, how you're doing Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like i don't think i would have ever thought to look at a platform and be like i want to go and do this yeah so i'm going to start this yeah I don't know if that makes sense. It does,
0: it totally does. Because opportunities arise with time after you put in consistent amount of work within that, that area of specialty. So for example, it's business luck, right? When you show up daily inside of business and whatever the specific business is, um, the luck areas start ri- arising and then the opportunities come in. So when it comes to anything as business owners, we have north stars. We have our visions where, of what we're actually trying to build towards. The micro details we couldn't care less about in the moment, we know that those are gonna be coming within time to reach our end goal. It's, uh, it's like the red line effect. You start right here, you're over here. Your objective is to be at this point specifically uh, within the next two years. How do you reach it? If you do a task that's here, a task that's here, a task that's here, it's going to take you so long to follow through the red line to reach there. But if all of your work is very close to the red line, you, the, the time it takes you to reach that actual end point is a lot quicker. So if you have this end outcome of what the actual uh, objective of the account is, which we'll discuss, is just to become this authority and be able to find other people in the space that can help with the specific element of the DTC brand, right? For example, on my paid ads, for example, people to discuss within the creatives, or it could be to, to create your own offer specifically for that specific audience, right? A lot of DTC brands, margins aren't always going to be the best. So people look and build their own online presences purposely to add extra cash flow coming in that can be automated because you have the experience and you have to look for unfair advantages. Yeah. right mm-hmm. an unfair advantage in the space what is your leverage point if a if hundred people are coming in to build their online presence how many of them built a brand from 40 and 40 months to forty million? Yeah. Two, maybe not even one probably 0.5 right and and realistically that's your unfair advantage you leverage that point to get that initial base and then the opportunities start arising
2: yeah. i think i think one thing you you said it's like all right we'll pick a point here and then it's like all right let's let's work our way there right i think i think for us it's like <clears throat> i i don't know if there was ever a goal that we put out there to be like okay well we're gonna do this this and this to hit that right or it was like we're gonna start a podcast but we have to build a following let's let's do that right i think i think the opportunities will like present itself if you maintain that like authenticity mm-hmm. and like that that the power of authority right so like i when i was like tweeting about just media buying like I just truly enjoyed it right like right before going to bed again searching these like conversations and just being able to contribute right and then getting that dopamine hit of like people actually like what I'm saying mm-hmm. right so you get the follows you get the likes and stuff like that so I don't like I guess in the beginning do you do you really have to have a goal in mind or is it more of like
0: just like get started so that, that would have been two three years ago when did you start your account like two years ago? The problem is market sophistication, right? As more and more people start entering the space, old methods that seem to be the end-all be-all were now presented for free for people. People start implementing that and now the old best state is people's new normal right and as markets sophisticate continuously you get stuck right give Um, an
1: example of that is that like threads
0: yeah for example absolutely or or a specific structure of a thread or those motivational tweets or platitude tweets right Mm. those one-liners right markets continuously sophisticate. you can see this with offers as well too where at one point everyone was talking about um drop shipping with tiktok right and then now everyone in the space was able to do it no one's just only talking about tiktok anymore Mm -hmm. tiktok shop came in everyone talked about tiktok shop now people are quieting out from it influencer marketing had it's big win two years ago. How many people are talking influencer marketing right now? Besides specific niche accounts, so market sophistication is always something that comes in and can screw entirely with your overall objective, right? Mm. Authenticity is the right word over here. The objective isn't necessarily to um, to to laser in on one overall goal the entire time. It's to test out. What your specific voice is and the value that you can provide to people based off of current events, Mm. based off the current trends that you're seeing. And that's the beauty about building your brand because you take those lessons over to your actual social media presence as well, too. Mm. That's where the content comes in. And there's three objectives. And we spoke about this earlier today is authority. There is the technical. And then there is stories. People are so obsessed with technical. Technical was the wave until six months ago. Con- and then market sophisticated. As a market sophisticates, if people are only producing that content, a hundred other people are doing the same thing, you're not you're just gonna be ignored. Right? Mm. To 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 constantly be ahead you have to see what the sophistication level is, right, on the five stages of, of awareness and sophistication levels. See what points you could be talking about that people are most interested in and teach them. You just need to be one, two, three levels ahead of people, mm. not 10, because we talk timing. If you're too early in the space for anything, for a software, for an idea, for a brand, it's not going to pop off. If you're too early on an idea to teach people, it's not going to do anything. But if you're talking about a media buying tactic that, that, that only works for you guys specifically right now, people can ignore it. But mm-hmm. if it's something that people can relate to because they're all in this same particular bucket, then they'll be happy. So technical content is not the end-all be-all. Mm-hmm. Story-based content where your experiences come in. Everything we do is a story from our interactions today, Today, uh, from our interactions, from going to um, driving to, to Long Island and coming to a, an epiphany. Everything in life, if you tap into your inner voice, you are learning something and connecting neurons. Those neurons is what other people are curious about on their journeys, right? Sometimes you have a piece of advice in your head that means nothing to you, but someone comes in, says one word, and it connects something within the head. And then that's when, that's when you have your epiphany, right? So that's the, the, the story-based content. Then there's authority. Authority is as, as much as this sucks to say, people are shallow. People are very shallow, and they will rub the balls and rub the nuts of somebody who is um, who talks about a little bit about numbers right people want to be friends with that person especially the first to know it's like when you listen to music what do people see when they listen to music i knew this underground rapper first Mm. i knew this individual people want to be the first one to know this individual look how proudly i spoke about i'm I'm victim to this about carl and dylan Mm. right because i was first to know of these greats in the space so when you talk about these authority numbers 40 50k 100k followers is not the world right it's still baby numbers i knew this person at this range right and then people come in and and that's when they they want to see the numbers the ge- what you generated how you reached those results your transformations and that's what you're sharing you're you're building an audience of people who believe in what you believe and and have a personal connection with you where you can also teach them at the same time mm-hmm.
2: brilliant <laughs> <laughs> i actually had a I had a call today with somebody um just a service partner mm-hmm. um and we were talking a little bit about uh, maybe some like promo, right? So like, hey, like we want to do a case study with you, mm-hmm. this type of stuff, like um, help us out on the fees, right? And the first thing he said was like, I love what you and Ron are doing is because you're building your personal brand. You guys have an audience. You can, like people care about how you guys are building your business, mm-hmm. right? But what he said to me, which is like, I may not disagree with or agree with, but um, he's like, I just don't have time for it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see a need for it, mm-hmm. right? So like, what do you tell the people that, are in the, that space where it's like, whether it's like SaaS or like mm. services, whatever it is like, is personal branding like important for the success of whatever you're doing?
0: Yeah, I, I believe when it comes to SaaS in particular, you're going to notice that, that if it's B2B specifically, the businesses are actually on Twitter as well, too, not mm-hmm. consumer. I'm not talking B2C, B2B specifically, you're going to see a lot of those consumers buying in my community, for example, uh, it's in the, the, the building uh, specific offer niche, and we grew 65 total 100 paying members off of one social media profile, right? It becomes its own acquisition source, Sendlane, prime example. Founder comes on the platform, obsesses over the platform. People in the space realize the potential. He caters to each individual's needs one by one, and he forms one individual group, expands one layer out, one layer out, one layer out, reaches you guys. Then people start transferring, right? A lot of people in the space leave um, the the competitor to join them in particular. What happened? Why did they do that? It's because of the vision you're able to sell division. I'm not talking about selling your own current DTC product on the social platform. I'm talking about being able to show other potential investors, potential VCs, potential individuals who who own their own audiences and are are big on social media. It's like there's people with 2 billion likes on their TikTok, just building their personal brand on Twitter right now right and they're hunting for these offers they're hunting for these people to back up and be around mm-hmm. and then that's where the 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 network buzzword uh, mm-hmm. expands
2: yeah i mean i think jimmy did a great oh, job yeah, i mean I mean, he's a he's a master of his craft right it, i i think his content has always been like email sms like what you should be doing yeah and obsessing over it. and then yeah it's like that that is the go-to guy like uh, i think sean um uh at ridge yep. right like he's i think he put out a screenshot like jimmy is in his slack channel they're yeah. not even on send lane yet yeah. but jimmy is helping them out with email. Yeah. like that is yeah you can't beat that the, you can't beat that right like oh. now now sean and, and ridge this massive
0: account is most likely going to migrate over right. but yeah. all it took was just a little bit of personal relationship building like yeah. w- when it comes to the SaaS realm and any audience building what's the most important period it's really understanding your first 100 customers entirely, every single detail about them. I should know their children's birthday, right? I should know every detail about them so I can give them this greatest experience. Um, Zachary or Zach Williams um, talks about results are a commodity right every every result every software realistically becomes its own commodity it's just their own little tiny little details that make them all difference what changes everything now is experience Mm -hmm. right without the experience that that is going to make you stand up from everyone else if you're telling if someone's telling me that they're too busy for it they're too busy for what being able to connect with their perfect prospect and their perfect user and and building relationships with them to be able to improve your product for the greatest equitable value in the future then that's on you man hey guys we're gonna take a quick break from the episode to analyze some of our top performing ads
2: in our ad account. A lot of people have been asking me, what have you been running, statics, videos? Well, I'm going to show you our top performing ads utilizing a platform called Motion, which pretty much analyzes all the data of all of our top performing creatives, ROAS, by spend, by CTR, CPCs, everything. So check it out. What's going on, guys? Today we are reviewing another ad creative that is a top performer over the last 90 days gonna talk about why I think it works and uh, some iterations we might make because of it and hopefully you can take this and work it into your ad account uh, so let's get into it I think I saw another brand doing something similar and it kind of sparked an idea here and so one of the the biggest things especially when you're when you're running ads is how do you call out the right user right so typically you do this with with a headline or maybe your ad copy or whatever it is but this is how you can get to a very specific audience. Uh, by listing out uh, the problems that your product solves, right? So I really like this this kind of split screen. On the left side, you have problems. If you're dealing with PCOS Belly, which is is a problem that our our customers are facing, and I know this because we dive through our comments, reviews, everything, and so we wanted to hit this angle because it's something that our customers care about a lot. So if you're dealing with PCOS Belly, hormone imbalances, low energy. All three of these problems are synonymous with this avatar. Um, The solution is this product, right? So if you relate to any of these, you take a look, you're like, okay, cool. Let me check this out because I take the box for all three. Let me go and and learn more about this product. This one is super easy to recreate. Again, it it comes down to understanding your your customer avatar, um, understanding what their problems were before you uh, sell to them, right? And so the way to do this is post-purchase surveys, Uh, asking literally asking them what were you dealing with before you decided to try this product and then figuring out after did this product actually help their issues right so very easy add to recreate Um, doesn't take a lot here this uh, you don't need a lot of photography here you can literally set this up a canva Um, but the the main part here is the research phase behind it um, and not the template itself so definitely try this out it can it can be utilized to hit many different parts of the audiences. Um, If your product solves a problem for multiple different people with multiple different problems, this is a great way to tackle all of them. So definitely try this out and uh, let me know how it goes. If you're looking to sign up for Motion, click the link in the description for a special offer today.
1: Now, let's get back to the episode. We're we're like going on this journey of talking about content. Mm. And I I, I wanna talk about not just the creation, but the analysis And, and and, and what means content did well, what are some of the current KPIs? Because um, even in personal branding, there's KPIs, but you know, because I think on our end, like we're using multiple sources to tell us if our content's good, but especially like motion, right? Mm-hmm. Like just for D to C, I mean, you're jumping into there and it, what tells you everything, sure. right? Yep, yep. Um, and so it's like on the personal brand side, um, content you're creating, whether it's a tweet, thread, a a story, a technical piece or something um, that you're putting out or a video, how how have you over these years
0: assessed content? So assessing content is very difficult as the algorithm changes. All of Twitter before and most social media platforms were follower based. Remember, all you had to do is your content being shown to followers. Then for you pages come along. For you pages, are giving you tailored content on every social media based off of other posts that you engage with in particular, right? And I think this is where people are getting Twitter wrong. People are still observing their personal brand as the people who are specifically following them. I have 131,000 followers on Twitter right now. How many impressions am I getting? 15,000? What about the other 116? right and out of those fifteen they they're not actually all my followers it's actually coming majority from the specific for you page so your objective is to enter a specific bucket of a type of audience and in that bucket there's different buckets inside the algorithm right now where a a type of audience is with their personality the type of content that they enjoy and you want to enter three or four of these specific buckets where the perfect prospect and the perfect audience for you is inside of those how do you analyze that well the most absurd metric is obviously going to be your engagement, right? Your engagement rate. Now, engagement comes in on two different sides over here. You're going to have engagement of a viral content where you can post a cool ad and everyone talks about it. That's not getting you your prospects, right? That's vanity engagement. I'm talking engagement where you're sitting at four to five percent total engagement rate based off of your follower range and based off your account. People are coming in from the For You page, from your actual followers, and they're obsessing and engaging with your comments, and you're getting at least 20, 30 comments per post, Mm -hmm. right? Right, on your guys' specific follower range, why is why is that important? Because remember, networks are, are are buzzwords. What matters is friendships. To build friendships, you need discussions. To have discussions, you need to ask questions to people. You guys aren't the only ones who need to be discussing with people to get into the for you page. I need to be doing it as well too. But if I get fifty five comments of everyone giving me a fire emoji, what the hell incentive do I have to comment? right? If you you got to trick the way through the algorithm. If, if I respond back to your post, you're going to be shown on the for you page or I'm um, into to all of my followers now, right? Now you're borrowing other people's audiences. If we can understand analytically that you're entering a bucket you're creating the greatest content for that specific bucket, engagement's popping, you're responding to all the individuals in between and building the actual relationships, you're going to be shown on the for you page. Yeah, you can have one or two viral pieces. My most viral piece had 8,000 likes. That's not a lot of likes. Mm-hmm. That that's not that's viral. However, the personal brand has been able to, to to do exceptionally well throughout the years. So it it totally depends on 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 where you're you're trying to produce the content for. What type of audience group
1: would you think would you say if I had a choice between putting out one piece of content and spend the rest of time engaging yeah, versus putting out five pieces of content, but not engaging, what option or route? The primary
0: take? and that one piece of content, a personal brand would take more, no more than 30 minutes a day, right? Once, you, once after you come over the first hurdle of, of learning anything new and getting a little experience with nuances. But if you can produce one exceptional piece of content that the algorithm is currently favoring, then you're going to, and and then befriend all the other people in the comment section, you're gonna get, you're gonna yield amazing results. But if you can do both, five and engage, you're on top of everybody. Because shelf life of a tweet, of a piece of content, and any social media is not long. The, The shelf life of YouTube is, yes, evergreen, right? Ads, you can be running forever, but on organic content, they die. Seven minutes to 15 minutes on a tweet is not a long time, mm-hmm. right? I can tweet something today and I could tweet it eight hours down the road, copy and paste it. I will have an entire new set of eyes looking at my content, right? So it's it's. I would focus on providing the greatest amount of value and engaging with people and discussing with the people simultaneously. What, how, how are you determining or finding the right pieces of content to oh, engage with? That's a good one. To engage with? Engaging specifically is farming the niches as well, too, right? You're gonna find 15 people. There's this saying, I forgot who said it, but they say you're you're gonna get tired of your your angle before your audience even recognizes it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing with who you're engaging with. You're gonna get tired of engaging with the same accounts before they start recognizing you specifically, right? Mm-hmm. So you can you can trick your way through engaging with people. You can subscribe, you can subscribe on Twitter to people's content, pay 25 bucks a month. Now those people are gonna to go to their subscriptions list. They're going to know you. They follow you. Mm. This is how I got some big guys in the space to follow me. I engage with them. I can DM them now, right? Yeah. So there's specific things like that. But it's, it's realistically finding 15 accounts. And now you brought up a good point of how are you coming up with accounts to engage with. The same principle is how do you come up with content to create based for these specific accounts for, so they care? Mm. It's all based off of questions, frequently asked questions that your perfect prospect has frequently asked questions that people care for. For you guys, who's following you guys right now? It's media buyers, it's DTC brands looking to, to scale and build. Well, the questions you're answering partic- in particular is how are you planning out your BFCM two months ago, right? How are you making sure that you're going to get 350 creatives done? What is the system? How are you going to make sure that you guys are going to generate XXXX in the next time frame, right? And you're you're t- figuring out the questions they have and you're, you're answering those through all the different types of vehicles. This can be short form. This could be the reels. This could be LinkedIn long-form posts. Whatever it could be an email. You're choosing the questions. It's efficient. It's purposeful content. Mm. You're writing things that truly matter. Mm. It's like it's like when you're creating short. When you're creating UGC creatives, you give the brief and you tell them exactly what outcome you want from this what their specific what the main bullet points are it's the same principle here you're defining an FAQ and you're writing everything purposefully i don't know why people think we gung ho this right it's <laughs> there is no gung ho here everything is so simple of of creating purposeful work that people truly care about and and from there the people that are going to engage you respond back with discussions
1: that's great i want to um, i want to get some like perspectives i have some questions around like just what you think about um, from the outside looking in what do you think most D2c brands are doing wrong today
0: and in what context
1: um, in in the context of the climate that we're in mm-hmm. and the the way the market is the the way the consumer behavior is what aren't DTC brands doing like what should they be doing um, that they aren't?
0: So the same principle of when I said results were a commodity previously is the same thing with DTC brands today. Every niche can be is kind of a commodity. Like everything that we can offer, no matter how different we can make an ingredient, no matter how what tiny little cool patent we can have, none of that is going to truly make you stand out from everybody else in the space, right? We're tweaking a feature. We're tweaking the tiniest value prop what truly matters in these days and this is something that i've been preaching something that i've been preaching with a personal brand is getting this audience of people who believe in what you believe aka community and i don't think any dtc brand has community properly right now and and as it's, it's not an, a, a problem when it comes to um, uh, the brand it's shopify right and the reason for that is why the hell Am I getting someone to buy my product? Then I lead them to Discord or I lead them to Facebook group or I lead them to whatever this other platform is and making someone have to learn how to use this specific community and getting to open a new application. We need our own application for community within the freaking Shopify app store that plugs into the store where you can log in and you have your own marketplace inside, or you're able to nurture the individual forums, right? Directly for the user to use. I don't think enough DTC brands have two things, the face for the brand, where someone is rallying the people up, educating the people, providing value, providing entertainment for these individuals and building this community. And then the second half is the actual management, recurring community of of getting people- Yeah, platform, right?
1: That's, I think that's a really, really good perspective because I think we talk about community a lot, but I think we also don't get to talk about the challenges enough, which is it is challenging to tell people, hey, you've just done all these actions on you know, the website. Mm-hmm. Now go and open your email and click on the link in there to go to Facebook, join a group, and we hope that you, you know, the mobile app popped up so that you're not using the web browser experience. And we hope that you engage now, and then come back tomorrow. And Too remember. many friction points. Yeah. Um, but the
0: people in the community right now, you guys are generating revenue. It, it is these are VIP customers, mm-hmm. right? The the LTV drastically improves because you have fifty thousand people within the community, That's right. right? And all of those individuals, you you do product tests to them. You you give them early access to stuff. You can show them the 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 benefits of uh of the actual of the new variations of the products and you always have that first list of people for launches as well too right right? but at the same time all of those people become their their brand advocates Mm. and i don't think enough people talk about brand advocates we pay so much out of pocket for ugc when all of these people in the community could be creating free ugc for us right all of these people in the community if they believe in what we believe they would be they would be standing on top of the mountain and singing whatever song we want to give them right? Community of, of the people who stand behind conviction, something that you have conviction over. If a DTC brand is selling something, you better have total conviction that what you're selling is going to save someone or it's going to solve the biggest problem with whatever they have. If you don't have the truest conviction in what you're specifically selling, people can't stand behind it. The greatest leaders in the world have a conviction around an idea, some sort of message, some narrative, and they they can angle it in any way and, and back that up. When you give reasons to back up whatever the message conviction you have for your program or your product, and all these other people start rallying behind it, they will sell those angles for you. They sell those points for you across all these other socials. And I don't think DTC brands have tapped into community. And and community, I can't stand the word because people have been saying it for five years now. (laughs) I I was going to recharge events in 2019. People were talking about the importance of community. What the hell does community even mean? Community is management. There's no innovation in community. You're having your events, you have your little series. You have your your ways to, to engage with people and promote. There is no sense of of innovation or new tasks that need to be involved it's setting up the recurring task systems correctly within the community and making sure you have one face for the community who is bubbly who is going to be in the community hyping everybody up
1: and acquiring into
0: absolutely right and that's where you have your own um like your commerce section in the community right like and that's probably if you have now you have facebook group how are you going to sell people bring them back to the website bring them over here if everything was all in one
1: yeah brilliant um, I I'd, uh, I'd love to know from your perspective just a brand that sh- that, that a D2c brand that you do love and maybe give me a couple of reasons why and it could be a product that you consume could be a company that you like or, or a company that you just love what they're doing and 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 give me because again uh, I think the perspectives of why you like or love something are maybe different from obviously a lot of others yeah so i would love to understand because i think you're probably taking a deeper view at some brands
0: for sure i think my favorite brand as of right now has to be represent CLO. have you seen those gentlemen before no represent i'm
1: sure pep will pull it up here on the the bottom (laughs) exceptional
0: (laughs) exceptional brand their clothing okay um they have their own strength and another one actually is if you guys might know is kill crew Guilty. By Coltibra, have you seen that gentleman on Twitter? I think I have. He built his brand three years ago in a, a Facebook community as a test to build in public. That brand is now being worn by Jake Paul, wow. multiple UFC fighters wearing it, training wow. in it. Hmm. And and th- this is an eight-figure brand now, multi-eight-figure brand built in three years. And 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 the reason I loved it is because his entire brand was built off of a of a specific narrative of. Um, you're you're going to kill your own negative traits. Yeah. Right? That's all it was. Kill crew. Right. And you're you're fighting against these. And the designs aren't anything spectacular constantly. It's not it's not it's It's not about the it's 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 messaging. Carte Blanc. Have you seen it? Yeah, I love that one. How, how, what, what is the the genius element about their their offers? The drop structure, yeah. mixing in drop structures with conviction, with an actual community behind it. I, that that's, that's, the, it. Trinity. that's, mm-hmm. it. that's yeah. the trinity. That's it. That's the trinity. Everyone can offer designs. Yeah. Everyone can offer the same product, right? That's it's the way you're presenting this. Adding some sort of urgency, building that community, having that message. Yep. But to create that real message, you need to, you need to be able to figure out the truest reasons why people are buying. And that's just yeah. that's just your research.
1: I mean, uh, Bart over at Dad Gang did a really good job with it too. It's just hats that yeah. are just say dad gang mm-hmm. and eight-figure brand. You yeah? Know? And um, and some
0: of these other guys, um Bombus Socks, have you heard yes, of them? Yes. Altruism. How many how many DTC brands are leveraging altru- altruism? If 10 DTC brands right now offer the exact same thing. But one of those brands is doing something that gives back. You have now have a reason to take one step forward with that specific brand. Mm. Altruism of whatever that percentage can be, they buy one pair of socks, right. you give, give away. Give, yep. Right? And what are they promoting on their website? Right on the above the fold, we've yep. given away 50 million socks. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I again that's why I wanted to ask you this because I think you look at the
2: different perspectives, it's it's that's uh it's very true. I think I think the the advice that's always been out there it's like even we fall of fault to this like start a community, just start a Facebook group, just yeah. do this, do that, right? I think what you just said kind of struck a nerve because it's like we have the community, and I, I, as much as we like touted it around and we're like oh we have seventy five thousand people, it's really cool. It's like I honestly like I, I feel like this year genuinely like we haven't given so much attention to the people in there. Like At people all. don't know who we are At anymore. All right it's like you've you've you've, i think we've we've started building our personal brand like on the social side Mm -hmm. for like business but like we forgot to build like our personal brand within Within the community in itself Uh right it's like who like who am i buying from right This, this is a product that is a commodity when you go to a walmart right like why why am i continuing to pay double the price for something that like, if I, if I knew who the, the really person true. or the face is, like, I can relate to them, or if they have a story, or just the fact that they care, mm-hmm. it would be a reason yeah. enough,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why do people stand behind a country for war? Why do people stand behind a leader that is has the most absurd vision? Why do people rally around and, and run in with full energy and force uh, with one person? Because that one person has a vision. Steve Jobs was an absolute madman any of these greatest founders you see are, are absolute they're they're crazy right they, they seem local but you just have this sense of things are actually going to work out and I can trust this individual that this is actually the best because they're they're willing to die on this hill mm. Mm. right and if you're not showing that to your audience that you're willing to die on the hill of whatever you're offering you're a commodity yeah
2: yeah, yeah. I mean we try I mean even point, like yeah. was it like two years ago we had an advisor coming uh, Josh Hall. Yep. He said, "Why aren't you guys like not in the community every day? Yeah. Like go live in the community once a week, and we did it. We did it for a little bit, but I mean, it, it's like all right. You still have the the business to run and this and that. And like while we had fun, the comments were quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like they learned about us. Right. We yeah. did Q and A's with each other. We did yeah. stupid shit like uh, freestyling or whatever it is. Like yeah. just to like connect with somebody." It doesn't matter where it is. I think, like, I agree with on on a technical standpoint. Like, Shopify definitely should make an an app for this. But like, I don't care where it is. It's like just being able to like
0: connect, even with just one person a day. That person's buying from you for life. And it doesn't necessarily have to be you guys. A lot of people can just hire out a face for the brand. It doesn't necessarily have to be yeah. you. Some person who truly understands the vision of the brand yeah. and, and, and they can speak to you guys And you guys can speak with full conviction Via voice messages and get them to write the long form content yeah. That would work But one person who is who, your ideal ICP yeah. Find someone who is that ICP Word for word uh, yeah. Same way you guys did with UGC right? Yeah. That one ICP manages and runs it fully It doesn't necessarily have to be you guys
1: Yeah yeah. I think we had we had both us and someone <coughs> And I think we stripped both which yeah. and, and you see the effect yeah you see, you see that like yeah who am i buying from is a very good question people need
0: to be roaring your name and any any deed any brand that you have people need to be um it, you should be able to control the climate if you if you sneeze everyone should feel it right and that's mm-hmm. because you announce something that everyone's excited for and i think there is no better example than milk there's not as I, I don't think i've ever seen have you guys uh, so you, there's nobody in the space who has built that, that community first, right? How were they able to generate, what, nine figures in 2021, 2022? Mm-hmm. Off of, off of not, not even that many followers, right? A couple million on all socials. A lot of these brands have these numbers themselves, too, but they're not able to do that off of 12 drops a year, right? And it's and it's all because people were roaring their name. And that's because they practiced what they preached. They were the, in the front lines themselves as the generals here, standing tall and, and preaching this message. What is your guy's message? What is your phrase? What and it's it's different than a tagline. It is what what can you plaster and and tattoo on yourself Mm -hmm. that you know is going to rally people up?
1: Yeah.
0: They're called memetics, right? A memet, not a meme itself as like a a, a, an image or video meme. A memetic is um, some like Alex Hormozzi. He has his his uh, white feeder on and his nose thing that's his memetic people will always recognize the brand for that a memetic can be a phrase it can be some sort of branded colors it can be something that people remember but the colors are not enough what do people think about mcdonald's the or golden arches right it's not just necessarily the phrase i'm loving it we we need memetics around phrases that people can rally around let them preach that out for, for you all over the world <laughs> your favorite book uh transformations by richard bandler and john grinder it teaches you about hypnosis and and uh, i also like propaganda by edward bernays and reality Transurfing surfing is also by Vadim. Uh, i forgot his last name but the three exceptional we're gonna books. pull up all these the yeah. screen. uh favorite twitter account to follow uh nick huber, huber is good
1: um what do you listen to music wise i don't listen to music
0: not at all. No, I, I listen to Interstellar. I'm not a music guy. And the reason for that what is, is... Interstellar? Interstellar, you know, the movie Interstellar? They, yeah. They yeah. have, like, this focus music in the background. Yeah. Um, I lose my my mind when I see normal music or I listen to normal music because the bad affirmations inside of it kind of fuck on my head sometimes. And mm-hmm. I overthink about, like, some of the bad words. Like, for example, your um, great times means you're going to fall after. And it's like, it's like Travis talks about that line. I'm like, that's absurd. Why the hell would I even... Why would I repeat that to myself? Hmm. Wow, favorite so, movie. Um, favorite movie. He doesn't watch movies. I don't really watch movies either, <laughs> man. I bought huh? Podcast. Favorite podcast. Podcasts like the ones that I caught. Obviously, besides this. Besides one, this yeah. one, like truly, I I don't really listen to many. I, I've listened to this one quite a few times, um, with like Harvey, for example, right? But I don't. Um, favorite podcast I feel like majority of people just like regurgitate the same information over and over again and you have like the same stories and all that and it gets exhausting so I don't listen to a lot of podcasts uh what do you do for fun uh for fun experience life I travel I've lived around the world for the past seven years I've lived in Spain Panama Costa Rica Dominican uh Dubai and I I I love the chaos of my work and I love when I'm off of work, I want to be calm. I want my feet on the ground, on the grass, you know, and I want to be disconnected from everything. You can ask the, your, your team today. I didn't touch my phone, maybe five, seven minutes total. When I'm present, I'm present. I just want to stay present.
2: I think the last question. Should everybody have a personal brand?
0: Without a fucking <laughs> doubt.
1: <laughs> oh, man. What a love fucking it. episode, dude. Love it. I'm going to have to listen
2: to it like three times. Um, <laughs> one thing that you want viewers to take away and implement in their life or business or whatever it is, what's that one
0: chew? Systems are everything. But the only thing that you cannot systemize is real relationships. When you're befriending people and you're trying to expand the network, you need to have true intentions to give them everything that they can need to succeed. You do this well once, they will reciprocate it. They will do this to someone else. And it's the sim- the most simplified process to not only make the world a better place, but to make your own world a better place. Everything is built off of your context. realistically. Everything that you're gonna be able to do is based off those contacts. Build real, actual relationships with people that, that you can invite to your weddings and nurture for life.
2: Chew on,
1: Chew on that. that.
0: Man. Jeez. <laughs> if you
2: want more from us, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, and check out the website chewonthis.io.